Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I have Betsy Granville on the show, which I'm I'm so honored to have Michael Mayo, which all of you know is I'm a big fan of, a very good friend of mine and an amazing medium with his new um, organization called um, Oak, Oak Bridge, right? right? Yes, yes, Oak Bridge. If you're interested at all in really connecting deeply or in mediumship at all, you should definitely check it out, Oak, oakbridge.com. Anyway, back to Betsy. Um, Michael told me all about Betsy, and I knew I had to interview her, so let me tell you a little bit about her. Betsy is a spiritual, intuitive channel and medium. She works with guides, angels, master teachers, and loved ones to bring through what is most helpful and healing for those here in the physical. Known for her warmth, groundedness, and depth, Betsy assists those seeking in connection with loved ones, as well as clarity in areas of life, such as career, finances, health, spirituality, purpose, animal communication, relationships, and manifestation. Betsy goes to the origin point of what keeps us stuck, be it experiences in this lifetime or others, to help us release what is no longer serving and propels us forward on our journey of expansion and joy. Working with thousands of clients across the globe individually over the past several years, she also teaches and leads small group workshops. Sounds like you need to come to California and do a little work here. (laughs) I think that sounds like great fun. Yeah, great idea. Yes. So Betsy, let's just jump in right away. A little quote from um, your website. Spirituality has been the quiet golden thread, which has woven its way through the course of my life. While highly intuitive since I was a child, it was after a significant awakening experience in recent years that I began to step out and share my light. Few things give me greater joy than sharing and uplifting from a place of expanded awareness. Wow. So tell us about that as a child and then and then what happened that you really jumped deeply into, into this beautiful work. Sure. Um, well, as a child, I, I grew up with a mom who was a therapist, a dad who was a physician. Um, so I really was exposed to different aspects of life and vantage points from a pretty early age. Um, I always, while I grew up in a, in a household that really had no religious affiliation, I was always drawn towards spirituality and, um, a seeker in many ways. And I started exploring just with the sense that there's, I knew there was more to this life than meets the eye, the physical Mm -hmm. eye. By high school, I was um, asking all my friends if I could go to their synagogues, Catholic churches, Quaker meeting houses, et cetera. Um, By college, I was a comparative religion major and uh, focusing on Eastern religions. I spent some time in Nepal um, there. 
I had a pretty significant, I would say first awakening experience. I was climbing a large mountain and had an experience of, um, what I would call no resistance. So I just experienced what it was like to be and, and, and move in the world, uh, without any resistance. And that's really a surrendered open, uh, place to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, I began to see all of the ways in which at the same time we create resistance in our lives, all the places where I was holding resistance in my life. And that opened me up, um, in a bigger way. I think my subtle senses were, you know, always there, but started to really come on with that experience, um, and was a bit of a tipping point for me. And I think I, I went into, um, the rest of my college years and beyond really looking at suffering, how we create suffering for ourselves and how we might be able to free ourselves from that suffering. Um, I remember giving the graduation speech at, um, at Brown where I'd gone to college and um, it, it, it reflected that shift during my time there. I began talking about our inner guidance and how we follow that. Um, shifting from it was a real, it represented a real shift for me, I think, from external validation um, to internal um, validation, essentially. And it was the beginning of a new relationship with uh, life, a new sense of surrender and allowing, following my own inner guidance system. We all have one inner guidance, GPS, and the start of learning to surrender and flow with life. Um, so, and yeah, that's uh, that, uh, then fast forward to my, having my own children, more psychic experiences coming online and, um, my kind of keeping those at bay for a long time until one day, my daughter, I was sharing some spiritual tidbit and she said, mom, is this what you really want to do? Because it's what you're always talking about. <laughs> and right. I love how our children reflect those things back to us. You know, yes. we, don't, we don't realize what we're always talking about until they do. So she did. And I said, yes, not knowing what that would look like. It was just a real moment of surrender. And, um, from there, I just started to have increased uh, all kinds of experiences and being led to um, what I'm doing today. Interesting. Pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So did, did you just start? I remember Ann Van Orsdale talks about when she was working with the horses in the barn and, and she would like to have, you know, these, these visions of people's grandparents or someone that were right there behind them. Did you start did you start with that? How did you start the whole medium medium thing? Um, I I did not have the in the barn experiences, but <laughs> I did have uh, increasing experiences. One that always comes to mind for me was um, when my husband would come home from work and I would know everything he was going to say before he would say it. And I would see pictures and I'd just be so confused. And I'd say to him, didn't you just say all that? He'd say no. <laughs> I thought, oh. and so I just would put that away, or you know, because I was always drawn to the spiritual, I would be doing a um, a retreat or a meditation, and you know, it was like as soon as I I could, I just would drop in very quickly. I think that my whole top of my head would begin to pound yes. up, and I was like, um, I just remember looking around the room the first time I was in one of those and thinking 
Um, is everybody's top of their head pounding right now? <laughs> because it was, it was like someone was hitting me with a hammer and everyone else just seemed pretty peaceful. Yes. <laughs> so I, yeah, I just started to have those experiences. I think being such a highly sensitive, empathic child, um, just being wired that way from the start, I, it was very easy, quick, or it just a very um, easy step for me or gentle glide to jump, to move into those states. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you, um, how do you receive your, or I'm talking about mediumship right now, but, or even from your spirit guides, your angels, you talk about, how do you receive um, those messages? I receive them through all of the, what are called the clairs or the subtle senses. So those are um, subtle or clear hearing, seeing, feeling, knowing, even smelling and tasting. And mm. the way I explain those is that they're really the equivalent of the physical five senses that we have. And we have just like we're a uh, body mind, we're a physical being with those physical senses. We're also a spiritual being, a soul with those spiritual or energetic senses. So it really just makes logical sense. When you think about it, it's not rocket science that because we're both human and soul, we have both aspects and we can perceive in both ways. And um, I believe we're all born with that capacity without question. That's our birthright. That's our nature. It's just um, that we tend to turn that off, I think, as we move along further in childhood, because it's not reinforced. This physical mm -hmm. world is um, uber compelling. It's very tangible. And those senses are called subtle senses for a reason. They are much more subtle and you can dismiss them easily. You can pass them off as your imagination um, if they're not getting reinforcement. Right. So when you, um, when you talk about, I want to get back to that and with about children. Well, first of all, what were you doing before you started this work? Well, I was an English teacher for for several years. I taught sixth and seventh grade English. I've always loved ch children and spirituality um, have been my two loves and continue to be. So I was an English teacher. I was an um, elementary school library teacher. Um, before that, I was headed to med school because I also had an interest in health and healing. Um, so, but I, I ended up, the universe redirected me. <laughs> and yes. I uh, blessedly got redirected towards teaching, which was a much better fit. Um, I think I definitely would have had an ulcer if I'd ended up in medical school. <laughs> um, so this was good. And I ended up teaching. Then I I had children of my own. I volunteered in their schools for years. And eventually spirit said, you know, when I had that experience with my daughter, they said, hey, Betsy, you could be helping in a different way now. Um, time to come out from under the bed. <laughs> so what do you suggest to others if they want to maybe not become a medium, but really dive deeply into increasing awareness, you know, feeling all of that. I would say um, there, there are two main components. One is we could talk about just on a pretty basic body mind level. And that is the first thing we have to do is relax. We have to shift from the survival mode that most of us are in this, the sympathetic nervous system on overdrive. That's our fight or flight response that a lot of us are living in pretty chronically to, um, a more calm nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system. That's 
rest, digest, heal, and create. And so we have to feel safe enough in the world to be able to shift some of these habitual nervous system responses and move into a psychophysiological state of greater ease and trust. Um, that's the state of creating and receiving. So one way, and that's how we really begin a, a conversation with the universe in this way. Um, even if we're not, you know, um, as our vocation or our calling mediums. So one way to tune in and shift the nervous system and the brainwave state is to work with the breath. That's our life force energy. It's, and our breath is directly related to our state of consciousness. So as we relax the breath and deepen the breath, we move into a um, diff, uh, more relaxed deeper state of consciousness. The second way I would say is to begin to move into the energetic heart, to move from the thinking mind into this heart space, because I think the main obstacle for, for us for, in um, for, that prevents us from receiving information from the world of spirit is that we're uh, spending a lot of time between one ear and the other. In other words, mm -hmm. in our thinking mind, our habitual conditioned uh, mind. And what we need to begin to do is to pay attention to the gaps or the pauses between words, between thoughts, the spaces of stillness and the places of inner quiet. So that is really moving us into the energetic heart. And that is our portal and our connection to the larger consciousness, the one web of love of which we're all made and all apart. And it's moving away from the conceptual sense of self into an understanding of ourselves um, in a more expanded way. And then the other part I think is key is uh, uh, to do a little bit of deep work to clear out the junk in our energy field. Those are the beliefs, the baggage, that's the resentments, the judgments, the opinions, the mind chatter, and the patterns that have been imprinted for us for years through our experience through life and which shape our perceptions of life. So um, moving from, you know, the sense, the sort of Newtonian sense that most of us have grown up with of the world as other, us as a limited separate sense of self in contrast to that world. And instead um, beginning to shift our perceptions to uh, the ways in which we're all connected, that all happens through this, the deep, going to the deep places within ourselves, the, our fears, our pain, our um, uh, places where we keep ourselves stuck. So we don't mm -hmm. have to really get rid of anything, but it is helpful to bring these subconscious imprints and patterns to the surface and, and embrace them with our light of awareness. And then they really, and, and usually having someone else to witness that or support us right. in that, um, helps us to, those just, those are like spells that just start to release, um, of them, themselves. And then we can start to feel into a deeper sense of truth. And that's what leads to clearer perceptions of reality. And it also leads to a greater ability to tap into our own intuition. We're all receiving all the time. It's just a question of like, because we're always translating information and energy that we're receiving in our environments, but are we paying attention? Are we listening to that small, still voice within that is our right. intuition? Um, but the beauty of doing that beginning to clear some of that gunk out and look at this for ourselves is um, that we, sorry, I'm getting distracted. I'm just seeing the um, kind of a, a reading that I did this week, doing this work with someone. And she said, I'm Tell so us. scared. I can't look at these <laughs> 
in myself. And spirit was just showing me again. These are like the image they gave her was like, these are like the monsters in the closet. But if you've ever seen Monsters, Inc., the kids movie, you know, those monsters are like blue and furry and red and fuzzy. (laughs) And of course, you know, after I had this reading with her, I went into the store to bring, get a gift for someone. And I, um, what am I, what do I see as soon as I come in, but uh, blue, furry and red, hairy stuffed monsters <laughs> right there. Of course. <laughs> just, you know, of course. So um, these monsters in the closet are really just like those monsters in Monsters, Inc. You know, they're nothing that we were, it's the, it's the fear. That's the worst part. That's just the ego trying to keep us safe. But as we begin to get, you know, to deepen our understanding of what's underneath those emotions, then we really can transform them and allow those to become the fuel that supports us um, into, in our, along our path and transform them into higher wisdom, which, yeah. Well, how do you suggest um, that was, thank you for all of that. Um, you know, I've, I've studied shamanism for a long time and, and we've um, talked about, well, not talk about, I've had soul retrievals and other sorts of things that are doing what you're saying to kind of clean out the junk. So who would, for our listeners, who is a person, well, I guess you, but in a general sense, who's the person you would go to if you felt like you needed help? in order to do that? Um, Well, I think that certainly therapists have a role in that way and a really important role. I work with a lot of therapists. So therapists need like people to work with on that themselves as well. We all do. Right. Um, I think shamanism is a great um, option too. I I, I don't know. I I think um, because I've done so much of that work myself through the years, spirit, tends to, to bring me people who are, are up for that or who want to go there. And, um, you know, sessions aren't strictly psychic. They're not strictly mediumship unless someone really you know needs or wants them to be. But I, the, the way I like to work is to, to just open up to, to whoever is part of someone's team in the light or in the non-physical mm-hmm. and say, what's most helpful or healing for this person. So right. that can mean, um, guides, loved ones, angels, teachers, and then it may mean that we're going to an origin point in childhood or in another life, or it may mean that we're, they're walking someone through a a really unique meditation that I'm following along as I'm receiving it. Um, It can mean somatic work. I think somatic work, um, sometimes going to the body and certainly there's somatic somatic workers who can be helpful with this too. Um, But I think I really appreciate the ability to um, have all of these tools at, 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 the disp- at this disposal that spirit brings all of this because what some one person, what's helpful in healing for one person in one moment is completely different, obviously, than what's helpful. In healing right, for exactly. So, and I never know where that is going to be. I'm just following along. So sometimes someone comes and says, well, I haven't, I want to look at my dog and I say like, okay, but (laughs) that's that's fine. And here's what's happening with your dog. But also, um, let's talk about this relationship, which is, you know, where the real healing is, you know, and let's talk about, um, you know, what, where, where the origin point is for this issue and, oh, and here's a relative, loved one spirit who's showing up to help you with this. And here's what the guides are showing. And um, because of my English teacher background, I just tend to see in visual metaphors and analogies when I work with the guides, (laughs) they will often um, work on two levels. So I'm speaking metaphorically, but they're also 
giving a physical life tie-in or a validation for someone um, to see what's happening for them. So is your community, I mean, are your friends and the people you hang out with, are they into this or is your community more of like who you work with? Because I like have two totally separate lives, you know, are you like that or? I love that. I think I felt, (laughs) I I so relate and I think I I definitely felt that way for a long time. Um, And that's why I said earlier when I came out from under the bed. So when I started this work, I really, I, I had someone um, from California who reached out and they had heard about me through a family member and my sister-in-law, my wonderful sister-in-law and said, um, you know, I have a, a son who's just tra- transitioned into spirit and can you help? Um, and I said, well, I'm not sure, but I'm willing to try. And that's sort of how it all began. So I was doing my work. Um, I still do my work virtually, even with people locally, because um, just the name, it's just easier. And I actually appreciate that because I'm less distracted in a way by the person in front of me. I can keep my attention on the world of spirit, but I started virtually and this was before COVID and I was not out in my community here right. locally in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it was a podcast early on. I did this work on my own willingness to be seen. Speaking of this kind of work, I worked with spirit. They said, it's time, Betsy, to do this work. And I did that work. And with that, then the very next day, you know, someone called locally and said, I'd like to do a podcast interview. And so I did. And then I, you know, I'd get to the end of the driveway, the school bus or with the dogs and, you know, someone would pull up the neighbor and say, roll down the window. Betsy, I just heard this, you know, about you and I'd like to do a session. So what I found was that people were remarkably receptive. Yes. And Spirit said to me, Betsy, we hid you in plain sight because I, you know, your listeners can't really see, but like, I look like a mom, you know, there's nothing unusual or eccentric about my appearance in any way, shape or form. Um, All of which is wonderful, but it's just, it's like, it's, it's not this and stop me. And so I, 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 f- I think that's um, it's important to have all of those bases covered. It's important for, you know, spirit to work through all different kinds of people and all different yes. walks of life, because um, I now have worked with so many people in my local community and um, that word is fully out. And I have really loved getting to know people in this way that I would not have gotten to know period before, but let alone in this way, because most people aren't going to this level of depth of, right. of meaning in conversations. And this is where I like to live. So I'm really happy to be able to get to know people on this level. Yeah. I'm so much the same way. I mean, people listen to a few of my friends have listened to my podcast. I remember my my twin sister, my identical twin sister saying once, well, I do listen to it, but you know, you kind of have to be in the mood. (laughs) Got it. Got it. That's perfect. And there are some people like in my old neighborhood that I would walk with and they, they would say, Oh, what, what, what are you, what work are you doing now? And I would give a two sentence version and they'd say, Oh, and then next topic, you know, exactly. That's, that's my life. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. You know, which, which is fine. So cute. Something really helpful. Excuse me, Marla. They just said, that's okay. People meet you where they are, not where you are. Yes. I just think that's a really helpful bit of wisdom for everyone to live by, you know, to know Mm -hmm. for ourselves that when we feel like, oh, why aren't they talking about what I want to talk about or asking this or interacting in this way? It's like, because that that's not where they are. And that's 
perfect. You know? Yes. Yes. It's a, that's a good, good life lesson. Yes. And I find that so many people that I've talked to are fearful of even thinking about going to a medium or a sidekick. Yes. And um, that's always very interesting. But anyway, moving right along. Um, so how has this work changed the kind of mother that you are? And what have you, what do you do? Do you feel like kind of differently than the norm to help not only validate feelings, but to also not promote because kids already do it, but help them to remember longer maybe and use their intuition and trust in their, in, in their inner self? That's a great question. I, I think showing up for kids and being able to be really present for them is the biggest gift that we can give to them mm -hmm. as parents. And when we clear out our own gunk, for example, we look at our own patterns, that's, that's the biggest way we do that. Um, when we're able to listen to them and validate their experiences without needing to fix them or solve them for them. Um, that's a gift we give them that for me comes out of this work because I just see how unconditionally spirit is listening to all of us, um, and being with us in each moment. So when we can be with our children in this way, it's the ultimate validation. They're getting plenty of reinforcement in the outside world for um, identifying as small, as limited, as separate. And that's what we as parents are up against daily. Yes. I think we can create balance, greater balance for them by encouraging uh, play, imagination, some degree of unstructured time to themselves, uh, time in nature, and really tuning into their own internal guidance systems. I have two very different children, so that looks different for e each of them, um, like a country mouse and a city mouse. My son is loves nature. That's his way of connecting in with himself and uh, his own intuition. My daughter is my city mouse. She loves music, and that's her passion and, and drive. And so she goes to that place to, to connect in with herself and her own internal guidance system. So when we can encourage our children to find the ways that speak to them, we can, that those are the places where they're getting out of the habitual mind, they're, they're getting into the zone and they're experiencing the freedom and the joy available to them as mm -hmm. they tune into their own internal compass which is what we want for them. Right. Yes. Someone said once that really touched me is let the child, don't just let the world happen to the child. Let's let the child happen to the world. And that's so, that's just so true and, and so important. Um, So do you do anything specific with your children? Do they, do they meditate or pray or, or anything like that? Well, I don't force any of this on any. Of yes. That, yes. Right. Of so there's not that, but, um, my, my, okay. So let me see. My daughter is just very interested. So she, and she'll listen and she takes it all in. Um, my son, uh, from a very early age, I don't know how old Charlie was, maybe five, six, he wanted to be in on this and doing this. And so I had, a, I don't think I've told this story, but I think he'd be, I know he'd be okay with me sharing it. 
um, early on because he was asking about it and mom, how can I do this for myself? I said, okay, Charlie, well, let's, let's just play with this. Let's just try. So we did a couple things. One was we actually, um, took my iPhone and we turned off the lights one night. We, um, we called in the light beings and this is going to sound wild, but, um, we, Charlie wanted to see if we could find to connect with any light orbs. And, and so, we were complete novices. We just called it in and boom, we have, you know, on film, all of these light orbs just dancing. And so that was a really tangible way that I think spirit wanted to show him right away that this is real. And he had an inner trust already, but it was just fun. And the more we can keep all of this fun and light for our kids, the better, because um, that's where we're, our vibrations up. That is where we're connecting in mm-hmm. with spirit as spirit. And so then let me see if I can remember all of this. Um, he wanted to connect. I told him that I'd been exchanging with another friend who's a medium and that my great grandfather, who I never met, but who is around me a lot, um, had shown up. He's a great communicator. He shows up all the time. And this is a reminder for people that you don't have to um, have known people in spirit for them to be with you and supporting and guiding you. It's because here he was front and center. And so I told Charlie that Actually, um, my great grandfather, Frank, he came through as Frank, um, knew had mentioned Charlie and his love of nature and sports because they were on the same page in that way. So Charlie said, I really want to talk to him. So one night before bed, I just guided him through a really simple exercise to just go into his heart, the portal to all of this connection and open up and connect in with his great grandfather. And I said, what did he show you? And he said, he showed me two different color socks. One was red and one was blue. And I said, perfect. Great. Okay. So just validating his experience and then like, um, let it go. And so, and what did he, he told me, oh boy, this is so hard to remember. He told me about what had he said? Um, he told me that he'd also heard his grandfather, great grandfather, his great, great grandfather had said, um, what something like what color something like what color is your like that book what color is your parachute you know something yes along yes lines, right and so let's say it was that because um my memory fails me but it's it was that idea so the next day i picked him up for school and he said um mom guess what book the teacher brought into class and read today i said what was it he said what color is your parachute you know Oh my God. I took him to, I picked up my daughter. We went to the piano and guitar lessons because my daughter's musical. Charlie and I were always sitting for hours while Ellie did her music or Ellie always did her um, piano guitar lessons. So, um, as we were waiting there, there would be several other kids who would come and go. And so, here comes out of the piano room. We'd been sitting there for a little while. Here comes uh, this little girl and her dad. And I look at the little girl, my awareness gets snagged down below. I look at Charlie, he looks, and she's got one red sock on and one blue sock. (laughs) Wow. So, you know, this is just an example of, and, and of course there was a message that came with this and spirit, you know, just talking about being willing to go your own way and follow your, what, what lights you up and that own your own internal guidance, which was a wonderful message for him to receive Yes, at the time. So, um, 
this is just a reminder that it's wonderful to play with all of this and that children are so open and so receiving. And when I first started all of this work, you know, I receive validations constantly in the external world around readings, around what's come up, that guides have brought up, that loved ones have brought up. And my children were often conduits for those messages. So whatever was said or shown in a reading, they you know, here would come out of their mouths, you know, that night, having no knowledge, obviously, of the reading. Right. Uh, thanks for that's a such a great story. So you said something that the message it sounded like he kind of needed it at that point. Um, I'm getting goosebumps, so I know that's right. Um so do you feel, well, I know you feel this way. <laughs> How do you feel that this helps a child de develop an inner strength to help them, you know, get through this world? I think knowing that they're not alone, first of all, that they're guided and supported every step of the way is huge. It's huge for, huge for children. It's huge for every adult that I work with. Mm -hmm. Like we all need to know that. And I think, um, it also helps them to, to, to know that they're, um, that they're not alone and that, and it helps to remind them to ask for that support. Right. You know? We're all being guided all the time. We all receive signs and information and the friend who hands, hands us the book at just the right time or the song that answers our question that comes up on the radio or the license plate a million ways. The more we're aware of it, the more we tend to see it and it shows up more and more. Mm -hmm. We're reinforcing that the more trust and belief we have, the more it shows up for us. So when children have that reinforced for them and that they know that, that that's real, then they receive more of it. And what a wonderful thing to walk through the world, feeling guided and supported how I work with so many adults, someone today who just needs to know that for herself in, in such a big way as she began to shift from some of the patterns she'd had in the past and is, is stepping out, you know, in, in new ways. Um, it's, it's important to know that we have support. Yes, absolutely. So to segue, just we don't have too much more time, but animals. So my passion, it's animals, of course, spirituality and children. Um, how do you communicate with, with animals? I mean, obviously telepathically, but if someone is having, well, let me change this, that question. If someone is having some sort of issue or not quite understanding an animal, how do you suggest that they tune in to that animal to, to figure things out? I would suggest getting really quiet. You know, you have to be in that space outside of the thinking mind and move their awareness into their heart, expand that awareness outward and so that they can feel that connection, that oneness with all, and then ask that animal in their, in their mind's eye from their heart, what's most important for me to know in this mm -hmm. moment, what would you have me know? Uh, I've learned so much from working with animals and they are incredible communicators in part because there's very little ego in an animal, right? That thing, they're completely, there's no like habitual thinking mind to get in the way. Um, so they can show us how things about themselves, they can show um, their relationship to us and why they've been a part of their, our lives. And then when they're, and, and when they're in spirit, what they still see in our lives. So an example of that would be when I worked with a woman who she had two dogs here, she had one in spirit and 
the one in uh, spirit showed that he was age seven when he passed. He showed he had had cancer. He talked about, you know, the exactly the special food that she'd made him. And then he showed, you know, that he, she still had his food and water bowl. And as I said that she, you know, is in tears and she lifts up the food and water bowl <laughs> outside of camera view. There they were, she's had them. And then when I tuned into the dog here, one of them, um, this, this wonderful dog showed that he was, basically very happy, but that one thing that was bothering was that their walks had been shortened because he said someone was injured in the house. <laughs> and she said, oh my goodness, yes. My other dog who's still here in the physical just had surgery a few weeks ago. So we've had to take shorter walks. Wow. So I had a cat last week who showed that with his owner, um, first of all, the cat illustrated her, highlighted her love and devotion for cats because she said that she doesn't keep any, this owner doesn't keep any flowers or plants in the house. And I said, is that true? And she said, yes. If someone gives me flowers, I throw, I give them right away because they're not safe, you know? And then she's, this cat relayed that this woman had uh, some kind of, um, she was being driven everywhere. I said, I feel like there was been like a some like things are going really well with your job or there's some sort of promotion and, I, and I'm seeing you being driven. And she said, yes, I just got a promotion and I have a driver now. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I just love no, it. There's no limit to uh, one more example that ties yes. together is that I was looking for a woman at the, this is really unusual. I love out of the box readings. And so I was um, reading for this woman and looking at, she asked me to look at the history of her cello. She was a cellist and I'd never looked, didn't know if I could see the history of a musical instrument. So when I tuned into this cello, cello, I saw like this being made at the finest shop. I was getting Austria, um, also having spent time in Italy. And then I, I felt this gentleman kind of bringing this to the cellist, to the, the what would that be called? The the cello, the make the maker of this cello, and then spirit flashed in my mind this reading I'd done with a horse, and this years ago, and this horse had really emphasized his royal background. And he felt very entitled. And he said, I'm not living the life I was really bred to li live. I'm happy, but you know, I was bred for bigger things. And so I couldn't understand why I was seeing this horse reading um, until we made the connection. She said to me, yes, this cello, the, the story, the lore behind it is that it was made for a princess of Austria. So that was the royal bloodline of the cello akin to the horse. Wow. Not fun. Oh my gosh. You must get off of these readings sometimes and just like, just take a deep breath and sometimes just start crying. You know, it's just so tears of joy, tears of thank you, spirit. Just, ah, that, that, those are great. I, I love those stories. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, we need to wrap it up, Betsy, but um, what would you like to share with the world? What would you like to shout to the world? Hmm. Great question. Let me just ask Spirit about this. Uh, let's see. You're just talking about um, tapping into that inner compass again that we all have within to finding that ch child within. And they're saying it's never too late <laughs> that we're always children of the world mm -hmm. and that we can show up unencumbered by the heaviness of the, the role that we play. 
um, when we tap into this interconnection to the one web of love of which we're all apart apart and that um as we reach in to that light we uplift the children in all of us that our children meet us there and that when we're in that place we're much more available to our children and to ourselves we can really be with them and be with ourselves and they're just saying what a gift into the world that light is beautiful well betsy thank you so much and if people want to get in touch with you which i'm sure they will <laughs> how would they how would they find you and find me on my website which i'm sure will be linked but it's www.betsygranville.com and my Instagram, I believe is underscore Betsy Granville. <laughs> I'll give you All that. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think those are the simplest ways really emailing me through my website is the best way. Wonderful. And how long is your wait to, to see people? It, that's a great question. Um, spirit really, it varies. Spirit really works with me on that because, um, I am not, I, that, that changes at different times. So it's a fabulous working relationship here where I say, okay, um, I've got a lot going on, you know, I don't want to be so booked out far and right. I, um, I need, I need to be able to, to juggle and to balance things right now. So then, you know, that wait time gets shorter. If I say, let's go, like I've got all the energy in the world. And then it, I tend to, um, you know, spirits like just heaps on the, <laughs> the inquiries. They just, right, right. um, so it really varies. It seems to be most, it completely cor corresponds to what's happening for me in my life. Right now I'm doing a house renovation, for example. So I have the break. <laughs> that takes some time. It's a, it's a lot. My daughter's a senior in high school. There's a lot going on. So I've said, mm -hmm. you know, I need some balance here. And so that's, 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 that's what it's been. So it's only kind of a couple of weeks out type thing. Right. Great. Well, thank you so much. Good luck on the graduation and the house remodel. <laughs> Marla. Yes, it's been an honor and you have a great rest of the day. We'll be in touch. You too. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at Interviews with Innocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.